On this morning's hot sheet, I'm discussing this morning's CPI data along with housing affordability. Today is November 14th. I am Lisa Chinati, and the hot sheet starts now. Welcome to The Hot Sheet, the industry's only live daily news show on the internet brought to you exclusively by BAM. The Hot Sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour period. So let's dig in and get started. Lots of stuff happening with the CPI report coming out just a couple of moments ago. So as we dig in, the first thing to understand is that the consumer price index for all urban consumers, the CPIU, remain unchanged in October on a seasonally adjusted basis. It had increased by 0.4% in September. Over the last 12 months, the all items index increased by 3.2% before seasonal adjustments. So tossing up some graphs so that you can take a look at what we're looking at, what we're talking about, and how it all factors into what's going on. The all items index rose 3.2% for the 12 months ending in October. It was a smaller increase than the 3.7% increase that we'd seen for the 12 months ending in September year over year. And notably, it's also the coolest that we've seen since July of this past year. So good news across the board for inflation. Some things to definitely keep an eye on. There were some specific category changes that were kind of driving the movement of what was going on. So the ones of note, the ones that we should certainly be paying attention to within the real estate space, the first one is obviously the index for shelter which continued to rise in the month of October. Now, how it all played in is that the rise in uh, housing offset a pretty sharp decrease in energy prices. Again, you can see the graphs flashing uh, across the screen here. And for access to the charts and slides we'll be doing today, sign up for BAMX. This is where you get access to all of the hot sheet daily downloads, courses, and bi-weekly masterminds. You can also access the BAMX community. If you use code LISA, it'll give you 10% off your subscription, and you can find the link in the description. Prices for BAMX are going up on December 1st, so sign up now to be grandfathered in on a move forward. Rough parts over. All right, so digging back into the data, understanding that the energy index fell by 2.5% month over month due to a 5% decline in gasoline alone. Food index increased by 0.3% in October, with the index for food at home and the index for food away rising by 0.4%. Food at home rose by 0.3%, food away from home by 0.4%. So those were the specifics within the categories. As we dig in even more and we look at all items less food and energy, so take those out, and some of the stuff that we're going to be looking at is that Taking out those items, inflation was up by uh, 0.2% in October. Again, those increases were driven by increases in the shelter index. Items that increased in that uh, area include rent, owner's equivalent rent, motor vehicle insurance, 
communication, uh, me, sorry, not that, medical care, recreation, and personal care. The items that decreased were lodging away from home, used cars and trucks, communication, and airline fares. So good news for those who are looking to travel, definitely seeing a steep decline in airline fares as we move forward. 12-month changes. So the all items index rose by 3.2% for the 12 months ending in October, with the all items less food and energy index rising by point by 4.0%. Energy index decreased by 4.5% for the 12 months ending in October, and the food index increased by 3.3% over the last year. So digging in, let's get super category specific here. If we look at the food category, it did increase by 0.3% in October. Again, food at home increased by 0.3% and food away from home increased by 0.4%. Looking at the items that had decreases, we're looking at things like vegetables, rice, seafood, coffee, uh, but the price of food picked up slightly in other categories. We saw an increase in things like breads and cereals. Notable, though, that it's still down from the same time last year. And over the last 12 months, food at home index rose 2.1% and food away from home rose 5.4%. Digging into energy is going to give us some really big insights since the decrease there. So the energy index fell 2.5% in October with the gasoline index decreasing by 5%. Over the past 12 months, the energy index fell by 4.5%, driven by, of course, the decreases in gasoline, natural gas, and fuel and oil indexes, while the cost of electricity rose. Gasoline prices themselves dropped about 5% in October after increasing 2.1% the previous month. And they're down 5.3% from same time last year. Gas prices, so what you're seeing when you actually visit the gas station, what consumers are feeling when they fill up their cars, they're below their peak of $5 that we hit in the summer of 2022. So summer 2022, $5 per gallon. Uh, and then right now we're running at about a seasonally adjusted average of $3.30. $3.36. So down from $3.63, which is what we were seeing a month ago. So definitely some relief for consumers who are driving to and from work, helps with commuting costs. Uh, what do we expect on a move forward with that? Definitely something. And what's contributed to that? Summer travels over. Consumers aren't driving as much with summer vacation time over. Uh, but in the months ahead, I think some of the things that we need to be cognizant of are that we might be facing some supply issues and demand could certainly return back up as we enter into the holiday season. So what does all of this mean? I think that there's some good news ahead and I think that the stock market is certainly agreeing with us. Um, as we talk about the CPI data and how it impacts all of us within the real estate space, certainly we're gonna be talking about how does this impact the Fed's decision and what are they going to be doing on a move forward? So talking about that exactly, uh, ahead of the report, traders had put a 14% chance of an increase at the Fed's meeting in December. 
probability is higher for January at a 27% increase. But what we're seeing is that after all of this data comes out, I think most people are predicting that we see the red, the Fed holds steady on rates. What we're intending to do to cool inflation seems to be working, at least as we look a little bit deeper into the data. Digging in even further, one of the key points that we always kind of talk about is, and something that was mentioned heavily in the CPI data, is housing. And how does housing affordability factor into the average consumers? So moving forward, we're going to be looking at the uh, mortgage monitor report that was put out this morning, showing that affordability is sadly at an all-time low. Uh, one of the biggest things that just came out is that it now takes 40.6% of the median household income to cover monthly payments. It's the highest that we've seen since 1984, uh, making the housing market the least affordable housing market that we've seen since, again, go back 1984. Uh, what does this mean? So we've got a chart that we can pop up here, kind of showing some data about where the increases have come within specific marketplaces and how you can see the impact of affordability growing over time. The impact to affordability is going to have absolutely have impact on potential home buyers with such a significant portion of their monthly income needed for housing many buyers are going to be priced out of the market or they're going to need to be adjusting their expectations for what they're going to be able to buy in terms of type of property, price range, and all other things. As agents, what we can be doing or real estate professionals is taking on an advisory role, understanding that our job is to help clients navigate affordability and the options that might be available to them. It's going to be our job to be clarifying how market dynamics uh, and high housing costs relative to income can lead to potentially a decrease in demand. And it's going to be crucial for us to understand that it's going to drive how we navigate this situation with both buyers and sellers. Uh, impact on purchase applications. So affordability changes have also had some big impact on what's going on in the mortgage sector. Applications fell to 47% below pre-pandemic levels. It's the marks the weakest point since interest rates started rising. What it means is, sorry, uh, what we can look at with this is that even though mortgage applications are falling, we've got significant opportunity for buyers who do remain in the market. Inventory levels have still been increasing and will probably continue to increase slightly as we near the holidays. So guiding consumers through that, despite increasing costs, there is opportunity to negotiate on both price and terms. Going to be super important that we set expectations with our seller clients, pricing properties strategically, but also understanding that the marketing of properties on a move forward is going to be very important. Home price growth. So digging in on this even further, as we saw in the CPI data, we know that home prices, despite the decline in mortgage applications, despite the decrease in affordability, home prices are continuing to grow. It's driven by the lack of supply that exists with increased demand. Always going to see supply and demand. And while demand still might be decreasing, we're still seeing that inventory doesn't meet the demands in most parts of the country. 
super important as always to understand how do your local market uh, conditions impact the greater side of things. Expectations throughout the rest of Q4 2023, again, might continue to see a softening of prices for consumers throughout 2023. Do we expect to see a major decrease? Still don't think we're going to see a major decrease, but super important to understand that the softening may continue. Implications as we head into 2024, and certainly things to be aware of as you coach your consumers, are understanding that as we navigate forward, it's going to be important to understand the timing of when we place homes on the market, being able to explain how these individual market trends will play into that. And things like seasonality, depending on where your market is based, the seasonality trends may hit at slightly different times. In digging in even further, some of the other stuff that we're going to see is that interest rates uh, hitting 7.5%. Again, we all know we've been talking about this over and over. We haven't seen these interest rate levels since uh, more than 20 years. I think the exact stat is about 23 years since we've seen mortgage rates above 7.5%. So of note, kind of digging into this on the affordability aspect is also understanding how the cost of renting and the cost of owning factor in. Zillow put out a really great infographic at their annual unlock event a couple of weeks ago. Not sure if we're gonna be able to put it up for you. It was a little bit fuzzy in what I had been able to bring back. But the rising rates have moved up. The stat is fascinating. Over the past month alone, just to simply pay the principal and interest on a mortgage has driven up $144 per month over the past 30 days to crossing more than $2,500 needed to pay for just the principal and interest component of a mortgage. Looking at average rates, right now in some markets, it may actually be cheaper for consumers to rent the home, the same type of home that they would be looking to buy. When we factor in that same principal and interest and also account for property tax and insurance, you can see on the graph attached that the payment actually exceeds the amount to rent that same home. Uh, so again, understanding that this might impact buyer demand as we finish out 2023 and head into 2024, while interest rates remain slightly higher than normal. Other items of note within this article um, is that despite affordability challenges, mortgage holder equity has reached $16.4 trillion, and 10.6 of that is available for homeowners to borrow against while maintaining 20% equity in their homes. Huge numbers to understand with what's available for consumers to tap into with respect to equity. Always super important to understand how this ties into the market and what makes it different from the markets of the past. Refinance activity is something else that we're actively talking about. Refinance activity is obviously driven by the equity that consumers have in their homes. And right now, cash out transactions are becoming slightly more common. However, despite the availability of significant equity, Borrower retention post-refinance is at its lowest in 17 years. Lenders are ironically facing some of the same challenges that real estate professionals are facing. Did a report uh, a couple of 
couple of months ago over the summer, digging into the data. And it's difficult to understand and suss out the consumers who are likely to transact given their low interest rates. So lenders are facing the same challenges that real estate professionals are. Uh, finding it difficult on the lender side to target marketing specifically to the consumers who might be apt to refinance, which is leading to them losing the, uh, well, what kind of word are we going to use? The tack on purchase, right? The lifetime value of the client is decreasing as we go through that. Uh, so lenders aren't retaining their clients. That's the, the word that we're going to use there. So as we wrap up today's hot sheet, going to leave you with the 10-year treasuries, we are seeing that based on the data that has come out so far this morning, we've had a decent drop and the 10-year treasury is sitting down at 4.447. So hugely positive news there. Mortgage rates finished the day yesterday at about seven and a half. I think one of the things that we'll all be watching today is to see if mortgage rates continue to fall in line with that 10-year treasury and what kind of relief it leaves for consumers out there. So that's it. That's today's hot sheet. As always, if there's any questions that we can answer, drop them in the comments or reach out to any of us. Bye.